Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. this guy <laughs> guest speaker I love it um, I'm playing oh I was telling Ryan I was like man I can't wait for people sitting in the aisles and just they're just hungry to encounter God yeah I tell you I know people don't get healed every Sunday, but man, I love it when they do get healed every Sunday. It just, it almost like it just, I don't know if it validates the service because you show up and God shows up, so we're valid here, but man, I, I, I get excited when, when we're seeing what, what the book of Acts is seeing and we see it on a Sunday morning in Costa Mesa. It just gets me excited. Anyway, hey, welcome you guys. If you guys are new, we're incredibly just, just, just radically honored that you're here. I met a, a couple Already got to pray for them, and, and I'm really excited just what God's doing in this community. I hear testimonies every week. I wish you guys could just, like, hear them. We'll just send them out over emails now or something just so you can hear. Um, it, for me, I don't know if you're like me, but I get really encouraged to, to be a part of a community when I hear the power that's happening in there. Does that make sense? I used to have a home group, and I, I used to get, I honestly get bored of doing the home group. It became hard and, and, and stressful. And, and when I'd stop, I'm like, why is it so stressful right now? And I realized that I had no connection to what people were getting out of the home group. And so, I, so to me, I was just like, I was like a serving a meal, but I, but I had to go back into the back room or something. And I didn't get to see the smiles happening. So I, as I started listening and asking people, why do you like this home group? And then I started hearing about the transformed lives and the testimonies. And it changed everything for me because I, I don't care what I do. Is I, I'll, I'll, I'll bust tables if I know the kingdom is coming. Anyway, so I, I just, I love hearing the testimonies of, of people's eyes getting healed. That's why I'm, I'm glad we, we went after eyes today. God's doing amazing stuff. So. Whew, let me pray for us. I'm still recovering from worship, as I feel like that happens often with me. Um, yeah, just uh, put your hand on your neighbor right now. Just put your hand on your neighbor in a, in a really nice, appropriate way. If you want to date that person, give them one squeeze. Um, if I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully you're way ahead of me on that one, all right? Just way ahead of me. All right. Uh, and if you're already squeezed their shoulder, it's a word of knowledge. That's why they did it, all right? I'm just, just throwing that out. <laughs> Father, help us. Help us, Lord. We're in church. You can't do this kind of stuff in church, Father. Um, Lord, I, I just, oh, God, we, we are not here because we had nothing better to do on a Sunday, God, that we're here because um, we're committed. We're committed to, to seeing your kingdom come and your will be done. We're committed to being the body of Christ on the earth, God, that we're committed to being your missional force. We're committed to filling our world with joy that's sustained and, and exploded by your goodness and your love, God. And God, that was a really good word that Tiffany said, that our praise is a weapon. And we're never gonna, never gonna stop worshiping you. Father, let our praise be a weapon as we just move forward and we take ground. 
Like Joshua, Lord, you told Joshua that every place his foot stepped, you gave him authority over God. Let our praise be like that, Father. Everywhere that we sing over God, that we have authority. Yeah, just pray that over your own world right now. Just, just right now, just take a second. Let's just pray to him. Let's just talk to the Father. God, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that everywhere that I speak life, God, you've given to me, God. The Lord, I have the most authority over the places I have the most hope around, Father. And I praise over things, and it builds my hope level, God. That we praise and we worship over areas, God, and it builds our hope level, God. Yeah. Yeah, God, may the God of hope fill you with all joy in believing. Ha. Yeah, Father, bless this message. God, I just pray that, 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 that stuff would just happen in people's hearts as we unlock the word today and we go deep into it, God. I, honestly, I pray right now, God, that we would be intoxicated, God, as we read your word. That I pray that there would be an, a, a difference that happens inside of us, in our minds, in our hearts, in our, in our bodies, God, when we read the word this time, that there's an impartation going to happen today. In your name, amen. Amen. That was a lot of prayers. I like it. Jesus. <laughs> Woo. Okay, so hey, listen, um, we're going to go through, we're starting a new series today. If you've been with us for a few years, you know we don't do many series. Um, series? Zizzizz? Series? Ziz. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my phone's going to be like, hey, Siri. Um, ziz? So we're going um, to jump in. We, we're going to jump into the series. We're, we're going to go into the, 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 the book of Ephesians. Um, you know, Ephesians, I don't know, how many guys love the book of Ephesians? How many guys, some of you guys have favorite books of the Bible. I'm not sure that I, I've got a couple I really like. How many guys have a favorite book and it's Ephesians? Raise your hand. A couple of you guys. All right, let's know it's so good. Listen, uh, Ephesians is, is one of those books, it, it's kind of like the Grand Canyon of Christianity. It's like a monument in, in Christendom. Hey, Brian. I love you too. Preach it. Come on, we should get you up here. Fiery. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love having friends at church. Um, Ephesians is one of those things where it's actually not directed at, um, it, it, it's, not, it's not directed at any one people group to like, to fix them or to kind of admonish them, or Ephesians is, was actually written by Paul while he was in prison. Everybody say prison. Think about this. This is a guy that's in a Roman prison. Have you guys seen, what's the, the movie Paul, or the Apostle Paul? Have you guys seen that movie Apostle Paul? If you haven't, you should rent it. I don't know where, where to get it, but it was in the theaters a, a, a while ago. And, and, I'm, I'm, and it shows Paul in prison, in a Roman prison, and what's going on in Rome during that time. And it, it's, it's, it's a little humbling to picture a man in a prison writing letters like this. So when I, when I, when I became a Christian, I read letters like this, and I was completely disconnected from the context of how the person might have been writing it. Because I was still trying to figure out what the heck it was saying. Okay, so I, I, tons of grace for that, but I, it took me, I was, a, I was a slow starting Christian. It took me a couple of years to read my Bible after I gave my life to Jesus. Um, I think I did it the first couple of days, and then, and then college happened or something. 
Um, and, then, and then something shifted and it changed everything for me. Everything, I just went on this rocket launch, just projectile needing to know more about God. I never stopped, thank goodness. But, but I, I remember when I, read, when I read the scriptures, I, used, I was still trying to figure out what the heck it meant when it said in Christ. In Christ? Like, I don't, know you, I don't understand. How can I be in a person? Anyway, so I try to figure this stuff out, but I'll, I'm just trying to give you a little context. Paul wrote this from inside of prison, and he didn't, you know, a lot of, a lot of scholars, because I'm not a huge scholar, but as I, as I did research and learn more about it, because I get really excited about this stuff, I don't want to bore you, but it was not written specifically for the Ephesians. It was actually written to be passed around. In fact, this is the same prison time when Paul wrote Colossians, um, he wrote Philippians, and he wrote Philemon. And so Paul is actually kind of in a, in a, in a fury of writing different letters. Now, if that's interesting to you, cool. You should look more into it. If it's not, we'll move on. But... This is, when I, when I, I wanted to give a little context for what he's doing here. Um, now, I remember Paul in the book of Acts, he had already toured around and he'd spent some time in Ephesus. And so he understood the people. Some people say that these were some of his favorite people by how he talks about them in the letter. Okay, it's, it's some, very, some pretty deep, like, love being translated in these letters. Um, and so in some sense, it was to the Ephesians, but he was, it was expected that it would be, tra- it would be passed around. Um, it was written, if you're, if you're, if you're going to geek out on this, it was written around um, 60 AD, around 60 to 62 AD. Um, and this is while he was awaiting trial. And so he's awaiting a trial and he's writing letters like this. So the first thing that comes to my heart in this is that, man, he was in a trial. He was, he was persevering through a pretty darn tough time. And yet he's writing about the glory of God. And it's like, you know, we, I saw this recently. It's like, well, we'll read blogs where they're like, you know, I think it was John Chris did this thing where people were giving their church two stars. And it was like, the, the seats were a little uncomfortable. You know, it's just two stars. And nobody said hi to me, one and a half stars. And, you know, <laughs> and if like the old, like people from Paul's day would like, they were like raiding their, their churches. They'd be like, like, what? You, you didn't have comfortable seats? Oh, that's too bad. My friends were burning in the streets. Like, uh, we're here, like, praising the Lord for being alive today. Like, and I was just like, ah, <laughs> we've strayed so far. <laughs> we shouldn't be Googling and, and raiding our churches that way. But anyway, all right, sorry, that's another subject probably. <laughs> but this is where he was at. He wasn't, he wasn't, he was like, wow, well, I just don't have the right writing utensil. I probably can't write these right now. I need to wait for someone to to sow into my life so that I can write a letter to the church. Sorry, that, I, I was not directed at anybody. I'm just saying sometimes we feel like we don't have what it takes to, to move into our calling. We need a Kickstarter. You have what it takes. Um, and on that note, if you're friends, like I have friends that are making albums and they do a Kickstarter, give them money. Find your friends that are doing stuff and if they're trying to raise money for it, just give them money. I just want to encourage you, like, that's love. If you're wondering how to love your friends in the midst of their trying to figure out how to release their creativity to the world, do that. Just give them money. A little bit, a lot. Anyway, that's side note. Okay. This is Christian living. We're going to get there. <laughs> it's already 11.30. Okay. Let's just start reading the words. Is that all right? I was getting so blasted reading this this week. All right. Anything else I'm going to miss I want to share before a pretext? Cool. 
So this, there's, there's kind of two parts to this. We're going to read the first part and then pause. And, and then the first part kind of goes until um, uh, uh, verse 14, okay? And this first part is really about our position in Christ, okay? This is about it's, it, the, the context or the kind of theme is that he's explaining your position, your position as a believer, all right? So I'm going to read my best, vo- my best reading voice as I read my kids, Nancy, Drew, and the Clue crew. I'm going to read it to you like that, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm Ephesians 1, verse 1. You guys ready? It's like we're launching off on a journey. Ryan's excited. How many of you guys are excited to read the Bible right now? Come on. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to talk this up. It better be good. All right. Paul, <laughs> Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And I'm in NASB. If that, that matters to you, you can follow along that way in your phone or something. To the saints who are at Ephesus, and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. I I feel like I just want to comment on every single verse. I'm like, come on, like, to the saints. He doesn't say to the screw-ups, to the people that missed it, to the people that are stuck in sin. He's calling them to the saints. And he doesn't even know who all the people he's talking to. But he's unafraid to give them, to see them the way Christ sees them. Come on, I love that. To the saints who are at Ephesus, who are faithful in Christ Jesus. He's just calling them out. And if they don't feel faithful, he's saying, you're faithful. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, I'm going to emphasize this stuff, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Everybody say every spiritual blessing. Come on. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy, say holy, Holy. say blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intentions, or it says good pleasure. Oh. Good pleasure of his will. We didn't have to twist his arm. Nobody had to convince him. It was his good pleasure to adopt us. Come on. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely, say freely, freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Oh, According to the riches of our grace. No, it says, what does it say? It says his grace. That's a good good thing it says that. If it said according to your grace, it would have been according to what you were able to do in your life. This preaches on its own. According to his grace, which he, this is good, which he lavished on us. He didn't just sprinkle it. He, he, it wasn't like this like seasoning he put on the meat when I'm making dinner. No, he lavished it. It's like he dumped the, like, it just dumped the whole seasoning on us. He lavished us. Just lavished. Where am I? I've lost myself. <laughs> this is a good church. Yay! <laughs> Which he, let's start over. Paul, an apostle of... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to have fun. Which he lavished on us 
in all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intentions or again, his good pleasure, which he purposed in him, Jesus, to a view of the administration suitable to the fullness of, of the times that is the summing up of all things. So the end times, the beginning times, all of it, all these things, these things in heavens and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. Does it say we will attain an inheritance? It says we have obtained it. Guys, I just want to like start preaching. Also, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose, not ours, who works all things. Say all things again. All things. things. That the counsel of, after the counsel of his will, to the end that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, he's talking about Jews, would be to the praise of his glory. In him, you now, you also, he's talking to the Gentiles, after listening to the message of truth, Who's the truth? Jesus. After listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed. Everybody say, I'm sealed. I'm sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Come on, it, scripture's exciting. It just, I, I mean, there's just so much. I want to just, and I have, no, I have just so, God's going to multiply time. There's three things I wanted to highlight in this, in this section here, okay? One of them, one of them is this, is this idea that there's a difference between the past given, like he's given it to us versus giving. That, that, that God has chosen to give us these blessings before we ever did anything for them. So, so literally, we get to step, it says, it says before the beginning of time, he predestined us, he foreknew us he, before the foundations of the world. What's that mean? It means that everything was thought of, was believed in, that he called us saints and the faithful ones before you lived up to that title. And it may seem small, but worry, when you're at your worst, that's when we think we have to earn this thing. It's when, we're, when, we're, when we mess it up, we, we feel like, God, I just, I just, I just want to be holy for you, God. I just want to be righteous in your eyes, God. I just, would you help me get better so that I could be righteous for you, so that I could be in your presence, so that I could be near you, God. I just want to be near you, Father. See, that's the kind of thinking that believes that, that he hasn't, that he's, that he's in process of giving us these things. But we didn't do anything to obtain our nearness with him, except say yes, except say I do, and enter into this covenant, this marriage with the Father, with, with Jesus. And so this idea of, of entering into the future, the present tense, that everything is already completed for us. 
I, I'm just recalling, I don't know about you guys, but I, I remember the years I spent not understanding this. And someone would say, oh, it's all about the cross. It's all about the cross. And I'm like, yeah, I'll buy a cross if you think it's important. Like, I'll do, I literally thought, like, that was a good thing to do. Like, have jewelry with crosses on it. I'm thinking, well, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking, it's about the cross. So I got to represent the cross. <laughs> you know, when it's about the cross because... Because when you understand what happened on the cross, it does. It changes everything. It changes your marriage. It changes your friendships. It changes your alone time, your not alone time. It changes your beliefs. It changes everything. There's nothing further from the truth that it's about a necklace. And don't, I mean, if you got necklaces, I'm sure it looks great on you. But my point is, like, I never knew that. And it was, it's about the blood. I'm like, I don't get the blood. Rod Williams spoke here maybe a year ago, and he just, he nailed this. So there's a, there's a podcast on Rod Williams. Go, go back and listen to that. He, he covered just the glory and the cross and the resurrection so well. But th this is, it has, to be, it has to be an issue for us that this was taken care of. We'll never try to get, we'll never earn his favor because we have it. We'll never earn his closeness. Okay, the second one I want to go after that just deserves weeks of stuff, but I want to just hit it because I think it's a great, it's something to notice in, when you read the scriptures is it keeps saying in Christ, in him. Did you notice that? That was like a broken record. Who is blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ. That, um, that it starts off a lot of these verses. Um, in him, we have redemption. Um, we have forgiveness. We have, we have uh, uh, um, forgiveness of our trespasses. So good. He purposed in him with a new view to give us all this stuff. Like in him, you after listening to the message of truth, that um, in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, it's again and again, it's in him. It's, it's, there's a theme here that he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What does that mean? It means that anytime it says in Christ, it means in your union. In your union. You know what that means? It means that there's, that it's like, imagine you and God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost in union, meaning not just like you're walking locks, you're, you're holding hands. Like, I mean, you're like, it's like green and, 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 or, and, and or yellow and blue Play-Doh come together and it makes green. Like you can't, you can't look at green Play-Doh and see the yellow and the blue anymore, can you? I know this. I have it at home on my table right now. And, and, and you can't separate it either. You can't separate a union like that. And so when every time it says, in Christ, in him, I want you to think, I don't have to work for this. This is a done deal. Everybody say it's been done. Say it's been finished. Say it's for me. Because he didn't do it just for himself, because he was already in union. But it wasn't satisfying to him. He wanted to be near his creation. He wanted to be in us. Not just his creation, though. The next part I want to talk about, it says, uh, oh, a couple more scriptures. Colossians 1.22. I love this. But now he has reconciled you. Reconciled means he's, he's made right. He's reconciled us. He's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, unblemished, and blameless in his sight.
you know, conviction, conviction that you did something wrong is a really good thing. It's actually a really good thing. This idea of conviction is, is actually really good. It's, it's, if, 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 you, if, you, if you ever sin or you, you, know, you, you said, I'm never going to smoke again, and you start smoking again or something, or, or you, you make a bad decision and you, and you knew it was just against the heart of the Father, like, and you're convicted, man, hallelujah. Hallelujah, your heart was convicted. It means you got a good heart. It means you're alive in Christ. It means there's something in there that, that, is, that is full of purity and holiness. If you're not convicted when you sin, we have a whole different problem. I don't know that you know the Father. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know for sure because I don't know the hearts of people. But, but most of the time when I hear someone say, man, would you pray for me? I'm screwing this up. I don't even know if I'm saved anymore. I'm like, I just totally missed it. I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Listen to you. You're just, you're full of repentance. You're sorry. That's the fruit. That's the fruit of a reconciled son. Like you're in Christ. Like, of course you feel bad. But shame, shame is not just that I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. And shame is like the thing that separates us from his goodness. And after reading that, can you imagine believing that truth? That we're separated from his kindness, from his redemption, from his... Can you imagine believing that? And so this is why, like, understanding union with God, union with Christ. I'm, I'm co-crucified with Christ. Who no longer lives? I no longer live. The life I live now, I live in Jesus. So this just wrecks me. When I see in Christ, in him, again and again, I'm just reminding myself, I'm in union with him. And to be honest, I have no idea what that means. Just being real. This is a crazy mystery. And so I want to encourage you. I, every time I read this, I'm like, God, help me get this in me. Help me understand this because this is a journey of understanding. <laughs> if you think you've arrived, come mentor me. Because, <laughs> Lord, I need help sometimes. <laughs> and the last one I really want to highlight is that this thing that just gets me, maybe it's because I love being a dad, but this idea of sonship, verse 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intentions or good pleasures of his will. Romans 8.29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. This idea of, be, of this adoption. There's, there's something powerful in being a slave for Christ, a bond servant that I will, whatever he says, I want to do. But there's something deeper that he's after in us. He's not just after servants. Because servants, the part of a servant is that they're under control of somebody. But God doesn't just want to control you. He wants to, he wants to partner with you. He wants to share vision with you. And so when I think like, wow, like he predestined us. Whoa. He predestined us to adoption. Like he counted the cost before we ever were born. Okay, you guys ready for the part two? <laughs> oh. So this second part is a little bit more of like, it's, 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 a, it's like this is, what's a, this is now what's, what, you're, what you're called to do. It's what he's calling the church into. 
And so there's a bit of a, there's a bit of an action, a little bit of a moving forward. All right, you guys ready? So uh, verse 15, moving on. So for this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, man, do you ever just stop and be like, what does that mean? The Father of glory. Like that, to me, it just feels like that's like this deep well that I could walk by or that I have walked by and I've never fully stopped there. Like, you imagine meditating with the Father, with the Holy Ghost. Hey, Holy Ghost, would you tell me what the Father of glory really means? What's the depth of being the Father of glory? Sorry, it's a little deep. All right. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to think differently. Amen? Like, I'm trying to get your gears turning. Get us out of, like, the, those first three years of my Christianity. Like, I don't know how well they served me, but they did. That the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him. Listen, if you need wisdom, just ask for it. He wants to give it to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of, his, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Let's stop there for a second, guys. The riches of his inheritance. We already decided that we're sons and daughters of him. Amen, right? Yes? So what does that mean? It means we have an inheritance. It means the father and a good father leaves behind an inheritance. So there's something in this. What are the riches of, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? That's us, right? There's an inheritance in you. What do you think is in the inheritance? Everything, sure. But like, what, what is it money? Is it, is it, is it a, is it heaven? Is it abundant life? Come on. He came to give life and life abundantly. I think that's an inheritance. I'm not going to answer this for you. I want you to seek it out. I want you to go to the Father, journal, write, drive with Him, ask Him these questions. Listen, the age of church where they just feed you all the answers and somehow you walk away remembering nothing is, is, is done. <laughs> Sorry, I... I only mean that in the sense of you guys know, right? You just know. If you're here, you probably already know this, that there's so much of God that happens the other six days. There's so much growth. There's so much infilling. There's so much just passion and aliveness and abundant life that happens the other six days. So I, I, almost, I almost feel silly sharing ideas with you that, that, man, if you were to get them from the Father, it would change everything for you. But if I share them, it's possible you forget them in 20 minutes. Just being real. But when you get alone with the Father, right, Brian? When you get alone with the Father, like, and he shares a small, just a piece of his heart for you. Set me on fire. Set me on fire, God. Like no church service could. All right, we're going on. Mm. <laughs> And what is the surpassing greatness of his power? Say his power. his power. Say his power. His power. 
Come on, we can't diminish this. The greatness of his power towards us who believe. Listen, being a Christian is not, it's not being a member of a, of a self-help club or a, or, a, or a community service club. I hope we do all that, but it's his power that separates us. It's his power to break addictions. It's his power to, to heal the sick. It's, it's his power to, to redirect our lives. It's his power to set us into our callings. It's never, never leave this to your own abilities. So good. The worst life you can have as a Christian is to do it without him. The, 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 the least amount of fun you can have as a Christian is try to live your life by your own abilities and your own wisdom and your own understanding. I'm not saying you can't be saved because as long as you believe in him, it says. But I'm telling you that that is the least amount of fun you can have with the Father. But when you lay down your own understanding, your own ability to build a business, your own ability, your own ability to build a, a ministry, your own ability to live a good life, when you lay that down and you just surrender, say, Father, I want partnership. I want to be adopted. And I don't want to be a, a what do they call it, a, a turnkey, uh, what is it called, a keyholes son or daughter? Latch key where you come home and your mom's not there because they're working really hard so you don't really get... I don't mean that. I mean that when you come up from school and your dad's running out after you before you even get off the bus, like, like we want to be adopted into his presence. Chew on that. Chew on that. Like, how am I doing this without him? How am I allowing my own abilities, my own strengths to be my guide? And just ask him, Father, where do you want to break in? I'm passionate. <laughs> I love it. So these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Say his might. his might. Which he brought about in Christ. In Christ. Which he raised. He says in Christ so that they wouldn't think it, they had to earn it. He's not letting this go. In Christ. Don't work for this. Don't strive for it. He brought it about in Christ when he raised Jesus, him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Do you know where you've been seated? In heavenly places. Far above. Say far above. Far above. Say it again. Far above. Say far above. Say far above. Say far above. Don't forget that. Because this is what it says. It says, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. These are all the things that, that are causing destruction in our world. These little things. And where has he put us? Far above. Who's afraid? Who can be afraid? Why are you downcast, oh my soul? You're seated in heavenly places. Isn't the word good? And he put all things. Come on, all things. I know, it's such a good thing to repeat. All things in subjection under his feet. And gave him, Jesus' his head, over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And at the end here, it, he lays it down and says, and, and by the way, 
Jesus is the body. And he's given all of this to his church. And I love that he ends with this. He, he talks about, we started with your position. What do you have? You're adopted, you're, you're predestined, you're, you're forgiven, you're, you're blessed, you're given favor. All these things, you've, given, you've been given an inheritance. To what purpose? To destroy all these things that have been put in subjection. So when you pray for stuff, don't pray as if you're looking eye level with this stuff. Don't pray like you have to shout at it because it's, it's, it's competing. I used to pray. I used to, I used to yell a lot. I, I led worship in a prayer house for a couple of years. And we used to shout down the, the stuff. And, and you know, you know when, you, when you have an interesting belief about something is when you start raising your voice to become more powerful. And you're like, oh, I just pray for the ending of abortion. I don't mind if that's just your passion coming out. But if your belief is that that thing scares me because it's eye level with me, it means you've lost sight of the scriptures. You've lost sight of who actually has been put over everything and what is put in under subjection to everything. So one of my heroes is Lou Engel, and he's a, he's a shouter, right? He's like, he's a rocker. He's like, oh, I pray for the ending of abortion, that there'd be rivers of living water. Like, but he does that because it's just, it's, just, it's just a fire in him. And he's also called to impassioned generation. And so you can't help but look at Lou and be like, yeah, sign me up. How many days do we have to fast? I'm in. <laughs> But I promise you, dude doesn't this something he has to lose his voice over. And I want to encourage you guys, when you pray, don't pray as if you're eye level with this stuff. God, I need a new job. Hey, hey, all things have been put under subjection. Hey, God, I this I need to be done with this. It's not level depression. That's down here. That's Thing keeps eating your lunch. Cool. Let's let's take care of that right now. What? And we don't do it by our strength. We do it by His power. His power in Christ. And the last step to all these groups of people, the the, the Ephesians, the Colossians, the, wherever this, this 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 letter ends up going to. He's saying, he says, listen, and I want to call you guys that Christ is the head over all things to the church. He's still bringing it back to the body of Christ is still his method of healing the world, of displacing the devil. I don't really know how to end this and land this. I just know the scriptures are over. Um, When I preach on a topic, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more like, oh, we're going to go after that. But I just felt like we covered 90 topics. And, and this was my fear when I was preparing. I'm like, God, oh, I don't know how to end this thing. This is, I'm really blasted right now, but I'm not sure what to do with all this. Why don't you stand with me, though? Why don't you stand? We're about to continue this journey for, uh, it'll be about four to six weeks, depending on kind of how it goes. We're going to Really just trust the Holy Spirit's going to lead us through it, whether we do every single chapter or it's just at most of them. But, but we're about to go on a journey together. Okay, family? Yes. 
And I want to I challenge us. I want to challenge us. I want, you to, I want you to read along. I want you to read along. I want you to get into the book of Ephesians. And I want to challenge you to read it differently than you've ever read it. So if you need to read it line by line and take two minutes and get through one chapter a week, do that. There's power. In, I once read the New Testament in 30 days. Mike Bickle, man, that guy just, just, just wrecked me one time. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to read the Bible 30 days. I'm going to read the New Testament 30 days. It's a lot of reading. And that's a beautiful, I mean, there was something powerful about that. But I want to know there's something just as powerful and taking it line by line by line and letting it get into you, letting it marinate, being, being like a cucumber getting pickled in brine and coming out looking totally different. Did you know pickles are cucumbers? Preach that, come on. <laughs> Listen, you can, you can start by reading Ephesians and come out looking like a different creation. And you'll even be good for your gut, right? Like, because pickles are good for... So, I want to challenge you guys, okay? If this sounds like something, like, you want to set your heart to this next few weeks, and you can read other things, right? Like, I'm not asking you to only read this, but I want to, I want to challenge you. Find it, find a new, a new, um, find a new, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, translation. Find a different translation. Read the new living translation. Read the passion translation. Read the message. Read, read King James version. Old school. I just want to challenge us. Like if we're I, I just, I feel like there's such a deep well for us in this as we go on and, 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 really commit ourselves to this. How many of you guys feel like that's something that sounds fun to me to do? Just raise your hand. I want to see, is it most of us cool? Awesome. I want to encourage you guys. If you want to fast along with it, go for it. If you want to, if you want to set aside time, create structure for this, beautiful. If you want to do it with friends, that'd be amazing. Just start diving into this. All right. Let me pray for us. Father, Father, I pray that we become like cucumbers. God, I do. I just love this analogy, God, that we are pickled and marinated in your word, not just reading through it at light speed so that we can feel like we're reading our Bible <laughs> or just getting through a lot of chapters so that we can say we read the whole book in this amount of time, but that we would, that we would come out looking like a new creation, that the Bible would do something to us, God, that it would get in our bones, God. Just say this, say, Father, thank you for inviting me on this adventure. Thank you that you'll never fail me in this adventure. Now say this, say, I'm uniquely positioned for all of God's promises in my life. Say it again. I'm uniquely positioned for all of God's promises. That, that phrase kept going through my head as I was reading about all the places that he's given us. 
I'm uniquely positioned for all of God's promises. I want to let that ring into your mind as we leave here. And let it be, let it, let it resound in your heart. If you want to write it down, I'm uniquely positioned for all of God's promises. I'm uniquely positioned for all of God's promises. Yeah. And you were put there before beginning of time, which is even more cool. Yeah. So Father, I bless our community that we would just go forth and we would just dive deep into your word, that, our, that your purposes would be even more fresh to us, that our callings would be more alive to us. God, that the lies of the enemy would seem more silly to us, God, and that your truth would be even brighter as a light to us. Yeah, and God's people said amen. Come on, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.